Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. So you guys are watching a lot of Netflix. Anybody just say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Netflix to be seen. It seems like just about every week they got something else good, something new, something that's awesome. And I've gained like a ton of appreciation for um, uh, actors and and movies and the opportunity to be able to see these things because because they're they're such a help in the midst of this time to have such great stuff. And it's like every movie that was like ever going to be like maybe produced and maybe put out, all of them are coming out. And so sometimes you get really like great ones, you know, and sometimes you get just absolute duds. And I was so, so I've been thinking about the beauty of that. The also, one of the things that's kind of crazy is that we're also finding that there's a bunch of new music that's coming out. And, and what's happened is artists that were going to be on tour, that were going to be going all over the place, aren't, aren't able to do anything. And all of a sudden now, they get, uh, they get this opportunity to release all these albums. And so this last week, you got to double tap it. This last week, we, we apparently have sound we don't want happening. I hope it, you can't hear it. But this past week, my guilty pleasure, my guilty pleasure, right next to Katy Perry, Taylor Swift. Oh, and she dropped an album and it's balling. It's amazing. She teamed up with the guys from Bon Iver and The National, which are my two favorite artists, teamed up with them. And, I mean, it is just absolutely amazing to have some really good creative stuff coming out right now. It seems like COVID obviously is incredibly terrible and it's devastating in so many ways, but it's forcing, it's forcing this creativity. Like all of a sudden now people have to think a little bit differently about how they do what they do. And uh, in this article, the guy from the national Aaron Dessner was talking about this album, Taylor Swift. He said, it's a product of this time. I think this is really interesting. Everything that we planned got canceled. Everything that she had planned got canceled. And it was a time when the ideas, I love this. It was a time, this is a time when the ideas in the back of your head come to the front. And that's how it all started. I just love that, thinking about what kind of positivity is coming out of this time. And I, I'm, I'm seeing some great stuff on, on, uh, on Netflix. And um, we all love a good love story, like the kind that like just, just moves you. And I'm not talking about necessarily like the, like the rom-com, uh, you know, uh, just beautiful, cute, and mushy-gushy Hallmark kind of stuff. I'm talking about like the kind of love story where you see somebody make a sacrifice for somebody else, where you see something just with that full-on beautiful beauty and depth. And those are the things that really, I think, move us the most when somebody does that thing in love. So I, just for curiosity's sake, I'm going to give you a second and I want you to put in the chat either a, a movie, a character or a TV show or something where you saw that kind of thing happen, where it's like, because I want to, I'm going to follow these up and I want to know what they are. I got to have some good, some good TV watching coming up. So I need a movie that you saw this amazing act of love, this amazing sacrifice uh, or a character, or a TV show. You got, uh, I don't know, 30 seconds where someone made you tear up because of this this thing okay it moved you ready set go it could be a documentary that's just fine <laughs> it's real life all right keep them coming in all right so who's on the chat that can shout them out as they start to come in what do we got yeah so what do we got what do you got no no what did you write oh i thought you Saving Private Ryan, yes. The aeronauts? The aeronauts, okay. Did I say that right? Sure. What else you guys got? Anything else? Just give me a couple. What's the name? What is it? I can't 
I know it. It's out, it's out on the tip of my tongue. Well, as you guys are writing those and you're putting them into this thing, I, I think it'd be really fun to kind of have a compilation of all these places, TV shows, characters, movies, where you saw someone just make this ultimate sacrifice of love or or something where, where, where it really just moved you in that way. I think it'd be really fun to share those because oftentimes we can think of like five movies, right, that, that were like that's like – Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I mean, you think like Braveheart. You pick all these really great, you know, just awesome, amazing movies. Saving Private Ryan was another Black Hawk Down. I mean, all of these great things. All right, so now we got a list of them. Before we read our scripture, you guys keep those coming in. Before we read our scripture, I want to talk a little bit about what has happened leading up to this point. If you remember, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments, right, for the last few weeks. We've been talking about God's commandments in our life and what a gift they are and all of this. And so, so that was this time where Moses is walking with the people, right, brought the people out of the land of Egypt, so on and so forth. Where we get our scripture today is in Joshua 24. So it's towards the very, very end of Joshua. So you want to start getting your Bibles out. Joshua 24. This is Moses with the people. They've been in the wilderness for quite some time. And now this is sort of Joshua's story. And it happens in this time where they're also moving for a long time. A lot of things have been happening. And this is where we get our scripture. Now, it's Joshua 24. But I'm only going to read you 1 through 12 at first, and you're going to understand why when we get to 13 through 15, all right? So just first, 1 through 12, and then cut them off. Don't give them any more. They don't have their Bibles. That's on them, all right? (laughs) All right, here we go. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons, Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I gave Esau the hill country of Seir to possess, but Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Then... I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt with what I did in its midst. And afterwards, I brought you out. When I brought your ancestors out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued your ancestors with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. When they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and made the sea come upon them and over them and cover them, and your eyes saw what I did to Egypt." Afterwards, you lived in the wilderness a long time. Then I brought you to the land of the Amorites, who lived on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you, and I handed them over to you, and you took possession in their land, and I destroyed them before you. Then King Balak, son of Zippor of Moab, set out to fight against Israel. He sent you and invited Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you, but I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore, he blessed you, so I rescued you out of his land. Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you. Also, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I handed them over to you. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove out before you the two kings of the Amorites, but it was not by your sword or by your bow. Now, as you're reading the scripture, you're like, okay, simmer down just a little bit. That's a lot. Now, who's talking? Do you remember? Seems like it would be God talking, right? This is God's voice, but it's through who? Anybody in the room? Name of the book we're reading is? Joshua. Great job, everyone. Great job. 
This is Joshua talking to God's people, and he's remembering and revealing the story of God that God is speaking to the people through Joshua. And this is why I wanted to hold up for just one second before we hit 13 through 15, because a lot of you guys have this written somewhere in your house. And I want to make sure you understand the context of what's happening in these verses. Read 13 through 15 with me. I gave you the land on which you had not labored and towns that you had not built, and you live in them, and you eat fruit of the vineyards and olive yards that you did not plant. Now therefore, revere the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Now, if you're unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the god of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me... And my household, we will serve the Lord. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Now, it's interesting to note really what's happening here, because a lot of these, a lot of folks have this, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You have it written up in your house. Very cool. You know, you put it up and and it's kind of like saying we, we, we claim, right? We, we want to be God's people. But what's happening here is actually a little bit different. Like culturally, it's gotten to be where kind of you're saying, um, this is, this is our decision. This is what we do, and this is what I'm all about. But what's actually happening in the scripture leading up to this is that God is revealing the entire story of what God has already done and said, starting from Abraham, I made this covenant. I'm following through with it. You still in? Do you still want to walk with me? Because I'm going to keep walking with you. Just like that first, or the second song said, I'm holding on to your heart. Now, before we answer that question that God has for us, do you still want in? I think it's really important for us to also talk a little bit about what Joshua's house means. It says, Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But Joshua's speaking not about his immediate family. He's actually talking about much more. The entire people of God, Jesus or Joshua's house, means that he speaks for the entire people, not just his own household, but for the entire household of which he's in charge, which, brothers and sisters, Joshua was in charge of the entire people of God. He was saying, yes, God, we're still in. We remember the story. We often see this as like some little self-choice, like it's just us saying, well, this is what we're going to do, but this is about leadership. This is about what it means to be in a position of leadership and how you claim for those who work with you, who follow you about where you go as a leader means that you're ultimately called to follow. Joshua is setting that up right now. But this isn't really about self-choice at all, is it? This is about the response to the covenant. And it's really important that we're reading this right now in Joshua 24 because Joshua dies just after this. So right before his death, he brings the people all together remembers the story and says, this is the living story. Now, but go back, but go back. Where did the covenant come from initially? Do you remember? It was in the very first part of the scripture. God said, I formed my covenant with, say it real loud over here. 
Abraham. Mo's got it. Abraham. Fantastic. It starts way, way back in this covenant that God made with Abraham where he took Abraham and he said, see all the stars in the sky? Your descendants are going to be even more numerous than all of those stars in the sky. I mean, imagine that. There's no light pollution. He's standing there, God speaking to him, looking at the entirety of the stars. And you are going to have more descendants than that. This was from a guy who had at the time, how many descendants? Zero. What an incredible promise and covenant that God made with Abraham. And God is fulfilling that covenant. God is saying, remember what I did for you all this way? I just want to know, are you still in? Do you still want to do this? Joshua is speaking for the whole people because this is a communal thing, not just an individual house that's choosing to serve the Lord. That's fantastic. But it's the entire household of all God's people is what this is really, really about. There's two big things that are happening here. One, God's love story. God's love has a history and a story. God's love has a history and a story. It didn't just happen today. It didn't just happen when you had that wonderful moment that you prayed with God. God's been walking with God's people since the beginning of time. It's a history and a story. But maybe the most important part is that Joshua is not repeating this story like some sort of like parrot. He's telling the story because when we tell the story of God's love for us, it becomes a living love story. The word of God flows from us. Hmm. That's it. Right there. That's the answer to life right now. Why does life feel so out of control? Well, we're not telling the story enough. Why does life feel so untamed? We're not telling the story enough. Why does life feel so backwards right now? Well, we're not telling the story enough. Why does it feel like everything and everyone is against me? Because you're not telling the story enough. And brothers and sisters, that's the sermon. That's the sermon right there. Those who are called to follow Christ, lead. And those who are called to lead, follow Christ. And that is that living love story. But lest we forget, here's the good news. Turn with me to chapter 16 in Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. We can't forget about the good news. Matthew chapter 16, 13 through 19. I'll read it for you. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Interesting. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered. Now, I'm going to pause real quick because this dude is always, he's always just speaking before he thinks. And it's probably why he's one of my favorite disciples. You're the Messiah, the son of the living God. <laughs> Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades won't prevail against it. That's such good news. But lest we get caught up in all the really cool details and the way that whole thing puts together, right in the middle of verse 18, Jesus is very clear. Jesus says, I will build my church. Not you. I will build my church. Your job is to follow me. As we hear in the end of Matthew 28, right? Go 
make disciples, teach, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I, Jesus says in chapter 16, will build my church. That's a great thing for us. Now, listen, all of you know that if you're a part of Christ South, you're a mission developer, right? That's what they call pastors that go out and do this. But brothers and sisters, it was never about me being the pastor as the mission development. It has always been about the Lord's work through all of you. And that's really good news for mission developers to hear that it is Jesus who's going to build Jesus' church. Our job is to tell the story with action, to go, teach, baptize, make disciples, and Jesus will take care of the rest. Cool, pastor, I'm in. I want to tell the living story of love right now. I'm all in. But one question, pastor, what's that mean for me, my daily life, my daily walk? All right, here's where it gets even more interesting. It's right at the very beginning of the scripture that we just read in Matthew chapter 16. Here's the greatest question by Jesus. Who do they say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Some people say this or that about Jesus and Christianity, and I'll tell you right now that the world is defining Christianity very poorly right now. This is not what it means to be a follower of Christ. Followers of Christ are not called to put themselves first. We're not called to be all about me. Culture is going to take its liberties and paint the picture of what God is supposed to look like, but they're going to be way off. Even the disciples heard how crazy these things were. Some say you're this, some say you're this, and some even say this about who you are. The fact that the disciples are even hearing that and being able to report that back to Jesus is crazy. But that's not the point. Jesus doesn't care ultimately about what other people think. He wants them to know the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And the disciples are the ones who get to tell the story. And when we tell the story as his mission developers, as Jesus' disciples today, the truth of God's love for us becomes a living love story. So brothers and sisters, who do you say that Jesus is? Jesus says, I'll build my church. Your job is to tell the story. Who do you say that I am? I don't know about you, but you getting a little stressed about this? Who do I say Jesus is? I mean, I've got to be the one to tell the rest of the world who Jesus is. I mean, I'm kind of freaking out. Let me just tell you one word. Relax for just a second because I got some more good news coming for you. You're going to stink at this. <laughs> and Jesus already knows that. You're not going to be great at it. But Jesus gave us a phone a friend mandate. <laughs> the answer is that it's not individual. It's communal. The way that entire conversations happen. Remember, Joshua wasn't speaking for his own little people. He was speaking for all the people. God, yes, your church is still in. Our job is to be the church, not to be Christians. Jesus made us Christians. You can't be a Christian. Jesus made you one, called you into the waters, formed you as Jesus wanted you to be. Our job is to be the church. That's who we ultimately are to speak and act against oppression, to speak and act against human trafficking, to speak and act against white privilege, to speak and act against taking the community for granted, to speak and act against violence, for defending the defenseless, to speak and act against putting ourselves first. That's not what it means to be a Christian. Our job is to tell the story, to bring life as only you can. God gave you all the great gifts and all the things in you that maybe you don't think are gifts. I promise you, God will use those too. And here's the thing. Have you noticed this? When somebody finds a great deal, 
like a great deal online. Oh, I just got this awesome new thing. Don't you hear about it from somebody? Hey, y'all, check this thing out. There was this awesome TV on sale at Walmart. It's like $50. It's huge. You're going to love it. Don't you hear about that from people? Or if you eat at a really solid restaurant, you're like, man, I see people post all the time on Facebook the awesome meal that they had at some restaurant. But you search their Facebook feed. There's not a whole lot about sharing the story of God. But we'll be all kinds about sharing our food. Or you find a coupon for this great product that everybody wants. So we often hear those stories. Oh man, you gotta get this. But even deeper, watching Netflix, seeing a video online, sharing a picture on our phone, they often touch us so deeply and they shift us internally. You think back and, and I know I'll put you on the spot to try to come up with those things, but I bet you'll think about it after the sermon's all over. You'll be like, oh yeah, there are four movies that I can't tell you. They meant so much to me. They make us act differently. They can change our path short term and long term. But for lots of us, we want to push down those emotions. We don't want anybody to know that we have any kind of emotional bone in our body. They won't, we don't see, you don't want to see my vulnerability. I, I don't want to show you my vulnerability. But you remember the last time you saw a great movie? You couldn't wait to share it. You couldn't wait to say, guys, you got to see this new movie just came out. It's absolutely absolutely amazing. And then it lets you relive that movie again. When you start telling somebody about this great thing and you're all in and it feels so great, it makes it come alive. Y'all are smart people. And I know you're tracking with me because you know exactly what I'm going to say next. Brothers and sisters, we're not telling the story enough. Telling the story reminds us of what God has done in our lives. That's today's sermon. Those who are called to follow Christ, lead. Those who are called to lead, follow Jesus. Now, I'm not, look, I'm not asking you to sound like a crazy person, going around to random people that you know and telling them your whole life story. But what I am saying is this. In the words of Francis Assisi, of Assisi, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Preach the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words. You can't be a better Christian, but you could be a better church. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something else amazing. The story of God is the best story ever. It's the best movie you could see. It's the best song you could sing. The crazy thing is, it's not that hard because you know what? It's your story. You are a living love story. You are the word of God in action. That means you are a living love story. It's you. It's you. So who do you say that Jesus is? All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.